Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And today, we're going to jump into part two of Kyle's Third Reich Weirdness. So if you haven't listened to part one from last week, scooch on back that away. Check it out first. And then come back here. Yeah. To chill with us. Yep, it's gonna. It's definitely not going to let you down. This episode's a weird one. But on that note, we're glad you're here, and we're glad you're hanging out with us on this fantastic Monday morning. I'm sure everything is going to be great. I don't know. It is Monday morning. Yeah, Monday's usually... For us, it's late into the wee hours of Saturday, but... Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, Steve is correct in saying that is Monday morning, and we all know that most Monday mornings suck. Are the shits. They suck. The absolutely worst day of the week. But that's why we're here, to try to make it a little bit better. Yeah. That's what we do. We try. So, with that being said, again, we're happy you're here. Spread the word about the podcast, the Hollow Sky Podcast, and we appreciate you. So, check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Come and hang out with us. It's really a pretty fun time. Agreed. You won't be very disappointed. Only slightly. Minimal disappointment. Only slightly. Uh, if you have a listener encounter you would like to share, we have a bunch of ways to do it. One new way that we're going, by this time hopefully we have it up and running, we're going to get a new email out for people that would like to be interviewed for... Uh, Patreon. Patreon. So if you have, that's not what you're interested in, but you do have a listener encounter you'd like to share... Kyle has a bunch of information that you're going to want to listen to. Yeah, you can write your story out. You can also use a voice memo app on your smartphone, record yourself, send it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also call or text the holophone, which is going to be 618-556-0837. But we pretty much decided the holophone's probably going to be Patreon as well. Just for ease of everything. Uh, so, you know, do do with that what you will. Or you just want to text the phone. Text it. I don't give a shit. Uh, I don't I don't carry it with me. Kyle does not give a no, shit. No, I don't give a shit. You, uh, I don't carry it with me all the time. I usually leave it at home because uh, I don't need two phones. Kevin Gates but does. Don't. But, uh, yeah, I, and I, I'll try to respond to him. You know, if not. It's material that'll get used. If it's a random question or something, I probably will will answer. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, we're busy people. We do what we can. Not that we're famous or rich or anything. It's just we have lives outside the podcast, Shitty unfortunately. jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. Bleak futures, m- is my friends. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. You all feel our pain. We feel your pain. It's just all pain. Yeah, it's a mutual <laughs> it's a mutual thing here. So, if you'd like to support this podcast, which I'm sure some of you would love to do, we have plenty of ways to do it. Check us out at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Holosky. See if there's any tiers there you're interested in. If you'd like some extra content. We got over 30 extra episodes over there. All kinds of good shit. We got a Venmo if you'd like to throw some change in our Monster Energy Fund bucket if you will we're very appreciative of that the best thing you can do is just pass our name around 
share the show, share it on socials, share it at the work water cooler, uh, write an anonymous letter to your newspaper and put our name in it. There you go. Uh, the other day, actually, funny story. A uh, guy at work started just started getting the holy grail of of phone messages and had somebody texting him thinking it was somebody else, and he was just playing into it like wrong number. Oh, text. nice, nice. He's showing me his phone and handed it to me, and that was a mistake because the first thing I said back to whoever the random person was was listen to the Hollow Sky podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Always repping my brand. Got to, baby. You got to. So, yeah, share the show. Get the word out there. That's the absolute best thing you can do. Oh, 100%. Like I said last time, keep the momentum going. We yeah. got to keep pushing. You guys are all great. Uh, you can go to wherever you listen to our show and leave a five-star rating and review. When I find it, I'll gladly shout you out at a future show. This one comes from our actual website, which I forget we have, but we do have. You can leave them over there. This is from our friend Rob. It says, Straight Up Dope Ass Podcast. I love the energy. Come yeah. right out with it. Love the show. Found you guys from Merck the Jerk, aka Tony Merkel. You guys are now top of my are you guys are now on my top podcast list, and I can promise you that that list is short as hell. Keep up the great work. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> a little dazed and confused there. Hell yeah. Well, Rob. I dig it. Thank you for taking the time to leave us these great words. And uh shout out to Merck the Jerk. Yeah. For always uh repping us when he gets a chance. Yep. The Shout dude's out solid. to the homie. And um, from there, we're going to jump into our listener experience of the day. And that comes to us from our friend, Eddie. Hey, guys. Uh, Eddie here from Texas. And uh, if you guys hear any feedback, uh, it's coming from a car. I'm actually driving right now to go pick up my kids from school and take my daughter to choir. So uh, that's fun. Uh, but I did want to call in and kind of give you guys a detail and I've been hesitant honestly to kind of tell my story and the reason why that is is because I don't want anybody else to kind of make the same mistakes that I did uh whenever I was younger and uh not deal with the stuff that I deal with now um I do want to say before I get into that that I appreciate you guys uh giving people like me a platform to kind of tell our stories, you know, spooky stories and stuff like that. It's always interesting to hear other people's occurrences, uh, whether it be alien, whether it be demonic, whether it be just any kind of a cultish type of stuff, you know, that's always fascinating because it's such a taboo subject that people, uh, when people hear it, you know, it excites them because it's like, oh, this is something I haven't heard or this is something I've experienced. So, you know, I just wanted to say I appreciate that. And then I love the podcast. I binge it all the time. Uh, I literally listen to it for 10 to 12 hours a day working. Uh, I do uh, machine programming. So, you know, it's kind of uh, monotonous. So it's always a great time listening to you guys. And uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like hanging out with the boys, getting some beers and telling some crazy stories, man. So I, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and go on to my encounter story, whatever. So, um, whenever I was younger, I've all, I, well, let me preface by saying I'm always been fascinated with the darker side of humanity, the darker side of just things in general, energy, uh, occult side I've, that's fascinated me since I was a young, young kid. Um, 
my mom was into that type of thing. Uh, I don't know if there's any history with my family per se when it comes to that. I know there was a lot, I see a lot of strange things and there's like bits and pieces of my memory of seeing strange things with my grandmother, my mom, you know, uh, kind of like rituals and stuff. So I don't know if they were like practicing witches or if it was more nefarious. I, don't, I just don't know. Uh, but I assume that's where my fascination comes from. Um, and it's always been a, um, a very interesting situation to try to talk to somebody about because, you know, most people don't believe that, you know, believe me or believe that type of situation, you know, because they're like, your parents aren't going to be weird. Your, your grandmother, you know, that's, that's weird kind of situation. So they would always kind of just push me away in the sense of like, oh no, I don't believe that. But, uh, anyway, um, I got into a lot of the like darker side of things like um, and became really fascinated with the Sumerian culture um, and you know the Sumerian culture has a lot to do with uh, ritualistic magic, uh, incantations, summonings, uh, among other things you know that's just a very small bit of it but they were very very big into the occult side of things and uh, I got super fascinated by this as a young kid. I didn't realize like the repercussions of looking into something like that. Uh, plus, you know, at that age, you don't know if things are real or they're not real. So, you know, you want, you, you know, that curiosity and fascination kind of hits you, you know, and you run rampant with it. Anyway, I, uh, so I got really fascinated with it and over the next like three, four years, got really deep into learning about the culture, learning about the magic, learning about all this stuff. Well, then after about, a, I want to say I turned maybe 15, uh, I actually decided to get into the magic side of things and start uh, with the summoning side of things. Uh, don't know why. Uh, just kind of decided, I think I had, I had another buddy that was interested in this and we kind of, you know, piggybacked off of each other and he was like, Hey, we should really try to do these things. If it's real, let's, you know, let's check it out. You know, let's, let's get into it. You know, maybe we could get some sort of power, you know, some, some dumb that the kids do, you know? And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Sound, man, you know what? I, I think that's not the next step for me. I think that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, we started researching stuff and whatnot, you know, not thinking of the repercussions of what might happen if we do do these things. Uh, so, you know, we started uh, looking up stuff in, you know, the, the actual native language and learning kind of how to interpret the language and speak it to an extent to kind of get these rituals, you know, out there that we could understand on our own, you know, and, you know, translate it to English, I guess. And we started to kind of play around with this stuff. Uh, well, a lot of people will tell you that you can't, you, you don't want to mess up when or say the wrong thing especially in spellcasting and stuff uh when it comes to that type of things because really something realistic could happen you could you know something bad could happen to you you could get possessed you could you know different stuff like that you know uh anyway so we you know we call corners kind of situation i i don't know my buddy got into that side of it 
Uh, me being dumb, I I didn't know anything about that. I was just like, hey, let me go. I want to do this type of stuff. I don't really want to get into that side of it. Let me get into the darker side of it. Uh, so we do all this stuff, all the ritualistic stuff to prepare for this. And I start doing this. Well, long story short, I messed up. I uh, uh, didn't really uh, realize it at the time, although things were really weird afterwards. Uh, the air and, like, the whole area kind of, like, dampened, uh, and it got really, I don't, I don't want to say hard to breathe, but you could tell there was a lot of pressure there, and uh, you could tell, like, just things were different. It's hard to explain it, but things were just different, and, uh, you know, we finish up everything like that, and I'm like, you know, I, I feel kind of weird, but I don't know if that was just my brain playing off of it, that was just me freaking myself out, but I was like, you know, something feels really strange, well, over the next couple of days, my attitude started to change, um, the way that I interacted with people started to change, uh, well, my, I had a girlfriend at the time, and, uh, and some friends that I used to hang out on the daily basis, um, they would say that my mood changed, uh, I became very aggressive, very angry with people, and just doing things completely out of the norm that I would never do, and my, uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, she just told me I just did not even sound like myself, I didn't, when she looked at me, I didn't look like myself, she said it kind of looked like somebody was, else was there, I was there, per, you know, as myself, but she was looking at somebody else, is what she would say, uh, let me say that for a whole month, I don't remember anything. Um, I don't remember any of this behavior. Uh, all I do remember is like one day I snapped, kind of snapped out of it and it was kind of like a dream. And I was like, what, what the hell has been going on? I don't remember it. It just felt like I was out of my body for a while. And then I kind of just snapped and came back into it. It's very strange. Well, after that experience, uh, there's, it's, it's very weird, but there's always been something that's there now, um, something that is hard for me to talk about or explain because, um, I don't understand, I guess is the best way for me to put it. I just don't understand what's going on. Um, there, it feels like there's always a presence around me now. Um, and that's been, since this has happened, that's kind of been the thing. And, uh, it's basically in turn, or in turn, I've had a lot of weird and crazy, like, instances happen through my entire life. And I, you know, I can go more into it later on. Uh, you know, I can kind of add more onto the story, uh, tell y'all more about, you know, just kind of my life in general and dealing with these things. But, and, you know, this is just one story. Uh, and I don't know if it's the same being or multiple beings. I don't know. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, it was, or it is like somebody's always there. I always feel like somebody is always there. Now they don't necessarily talk to, like, I don't hear them, but I feel them. I feel it. Uh, every time I look anywhere, uh, and it's, and it's kind of like right out of the distance of my peripheral, I see them, I see like 
all kinds of weird things. Uh, sometimes uh, I feel something kind of like brush up, touch me. It's very strange. Uh, it's a um, it's a very weird sensation and weird uh, situation to deal with because you know you're not crazy, but in the same sense, nobody else is understanding what you're going through kind of situation. Uh, so anyway, it's kind of been like this for, I don't know, almost 20, well, no, a little over 20 years now that I've dealt with this. Uh, and it's never not gone away. It's always been there. This, uh, entity or creature or whatever it is. I don't, I don't honestly know what it is. Uh, but it's always there with me. It's kind of, I've kind of just grown to deal with it, I guess, and live with it. Uh, there are a lot of it instances where uh, it lets itself be known uh and uh, I dealt with a very very substantial battle with depression for a while uh because of it but also because I was uh I was also in the military uh so you know there's a lot of stuff that comes with that I was a, a guy in the infantry um so you know we struggle with a lot of uh stuff I'm not going to go into it, but we struggle with a lot of stuff like that, and, um, you know, it's just a, it's a very interesting situation, I think, for other people to hear, and it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's telling you now, or kind of talking to you guys and telling you guys about it, you know, it's kind of liberating for me, because I've talked to it with a couple of other people, and I kind of just been blown off, uh, you know, like, ah, I don't know if that's real, or, ah, I don't think so, kind of situation, but, uh, I kind of rambled on for a, a while now, and, uh, you know, I, let me say, I do have quite a bit more stories, I have some, uh, stuff that has to do with, uh, haunt, I don't know necessarily know if it's this entity, or if it's, uh, something else entirely, uh, that has to do with my daughter, and my uh, Kit's mom, uh, when we used to live together in a house, different stuff. I, I have tons of stories, so I mean, I'd be willing to even come on and talk about them. Uh, because, like I said, it's kind of therapeutic for me to kind of get these things off of my chest. So uh, I'll go ahead and end it there. But I just wanted to say that I appreciate you guys. I appreciate, again, everything that you guys do. Uh, it's a super fun time just listening to you guys. It's kind of like I'm having the conversation with you guys as well. And so it's always fascinating. And there's a lot of things that I learn about, you know, like cryptids, aliens and stuff through your podcast that I didn't know before. So I just want to say lastly that, I, again, I appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to hearing your response. Eddie, first off, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, submit your story. Uh, we are definitely interested in hearing more from you. Uh, so once we get this whole uh, interview thing set up, uh, definitely reach out to us and we'll get some more of your encounters, hopefully in an interview type style. Um, I feel like whenever you, like I've looked a little bit into uh, Sumerian mythology, Mesopotamian mythology a little bit here and there. And I often think to myself, like, what if that would have taken off as opposed to Christian mythology? 
like how right yeah how the world would be today but i feel like if you if you they might all come from like the same like main source you know what i mean just interpreted different from different timelines and different people and whatnot so i feel like when you delve into that doing rituals and shit it's probably not very different from doing uh summoning and rituals in christianity i'm sure they they all like have different gods and different demons and whenever you start messing with that stuff it's probably exactly the same as opening doors yeah uh in in other ways you know what i mean yeah and as far as like your demeanor change in and like it, it almost seems like it was a oppression slash possession because you said for a month you kind of didn't remember what was going on until you yeah. snapped out of it, but you also said your demeanor changed, your attitude toward people changed, which that happens a lot in like a, 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 an oppression-type situation. Yeah. I've, 100%. It's like it's like you just left let something in, yeah. regardless of how you want to label it. Yeah. Where it came from, where, where it originated. If it's got ill intentions, it's probably going to respond pretty much the same way as anything else with ill intention. Absolutely. So yeah, well, I'm I'm curious to see uh what else you've had go on if it correlates or ties into uh this specific encounter if it's bled over into these other things. I'm definitely curious to see where it goes. So definitely hit us up again and uh maybe we can make an interview out of it. Hell yeah. Uh we appreciate you, Eddie. Hope uh, you're staying safe and everything's staying Mildly weird. In a good way. As weird as it can be that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. So back to Third Reich weirdness. Uh, This one is going to be my favorite of the two episodes. A lot of information to go over, so we're going to try to burn through this appropriately. Um, I'll start off with, you know, we got into the occult, a little bit of the occult last time. But apparently, the Nazis were also rumored to have connections with higher beings. You see the Nazi bell and hear the stories and assume they were in touch with beings not from this planet. But it appears it may have just been the opposite as well. Apparently, the Nazis were influenced by many of the secret societies, the Bavarian Illuminati, Knights of the Templar, the Teutonic Knights, the Holy Vim, the Golden Dawn, the Rosy Cross, the Vril Society the German Order, and the Thule Society. Apparently, Thule is known as the capital of Hyperbora, also known as Ultima Thule, which is the gateway to other worlds. It served as a place to leave the Earth, also on the rim of the opening to Hollow Earth. According to some research on metareligion.com, major powers on here have microwave and by major powers, I mean world powers, they have microwave stations set up in this area, broadcasting ESL waves, or ELF waves, on brave brainwave frequencies. Another fun side note, we've covered the Admiral Bird story. Well, apparently, I stumbled on the reason as to why they went there in the first place, or at least what turned them on to it. Apparently, after the war... Over 2,000 scientists from Germany and almost a million people 
vanished to the land of the beyond the pole. Which is pretty fucking crazy. Over a million? Over a million people. The land beyond the pole. And 2,000 scientists apparently vanished hmm. after the war hmm. to basically, the way I take it, is Antarctica. Yeah. Hollow Earth. Hollow Earth. Pretty Hollow fucking Earth. strange if that's real. Um, In the beginning, I mentioned the Nazi bell. There was a researcher named Igor Witt. Kowski apparently made a Polish contact that was able to leak him files on Nazis. According to the files, the bell itself was driven by anti-gravity technology. The device would work by the counter-rotation of two cylinders. While this was going on, an extremely volatile heavy metal substance, Zerum-525, would then enter said cylinders. The interior surface of the bell was a mirror-like material. When the device was active, this mirror interior would fill with visions of the past or future. When the bell was set to certain levels, it had the ability to bend space and time. Testing grounds for the bell were at a place near the Czech and Polish border near the Winsellus mine. It was codenamed the Hinge. The object itself was about 15 feet high and around 9 feet across. They report that the bottom of the bell had strange Egyptian-like writing on it. The bell itself was deemed a very deadly device. If you were in the effect zone, which was about a 600-foot radius, you were pretty much smoked, which a few scientists found out the hard way. According to some reports, if you were in the area, the blood would start to gel and separate Meanwhile, tissue would be subject to immediate formation of crystals. Plant life would instantly decompose into a grease-like substance. Now, from UFOinsight.com, they make a rather interesting connection with the bell and the chronovisor, which is supposedly housed at the Vatican. I believe the chronovisor is a device that allows you to see into the future. Anyways, as you can recall from the description earlier, it seems to match parts of the said chronovisor. The person who created the chronovisor was Father Ernest, a one-time physicist. He started working on this in the 1950s. Well, a scientist from the international community, who was none other than Werner von Braun, which is pretty interesting that these two things link up you have you know this father Ernest who creates the supposed coronavisor after the Nazi bell which apparently had the ability to look into the future and past another interesting connection with said uh bell is the Kecksburg Pennsylvania UFO crash in 1965 which is 20 years after the bell went missing an object shaped like a bell with weird Egyptian-style writing on the base of it crashed here. So apparently, what they're basically suggesting is that someone jumped in the bell and was able to time travel 20 years into the future, and they crash-landed in Pennsylvania. That's weird. Right? Especially the fact that it matches the exact same description 
previously. It was a bell-shaped object with uh, Egyptian-style writing on the bottom. That's weird. Very interesting. Unless, of course, it is the same craft of a species, so to speak. Like it was multiple, but oh, that yeah. would that would suggest that the Nazis didn't actually build it; they acquired it. So or reverse that. engineered or reverse engineered. Chronovisor is a theoretical time viewer initially of past events. It says the chronovisor was reported to allow the user to look into the past, even enabling them to view the crucifixion of Jesus. Oh, interesting. Uh, Andrew Basiago claims that DARPA has vastly improved chronovision technology. I could believe that. Oh fuck yeah! If it's if it's legit, yeah, I hundred percent could believe that. Um, another interesting theory that I've seen while researching all this is that you know with the bell and the idea that it can move or be basically be a time machine. There's a theory out there that it, it, it could be considered possible that the Nazis moved forward in time and were able to, they moved to a future that they were actually able to take control of. And they're more or less simply waiting for all of us to catch up. Now, you can throw shade at that theory all you want, but if you look back to the early 20th century, the Vril Society had female mediums and they, refer, they were referred to as true Nordic beauties. These mediums began to channel messages from extraterrestrials whose origin was light years away. They sent messages including technical designs of advanced aircraft and a blueprint for a time machine, which on their rise to power, the Nazi party linked up with the Vril Society. The skilled scientists within the Nazi party even talked openly about having help from aliens. And here is a quote. We cannot take credit for our, our record advancements in certain scientific fields alone. We have been helped by the people of other worlds. We should think of the craft in the New Mexico desert as more of a time machine than spacecraft. This was spoken by Professor Herman Oberth, who was actually Von Braun's mentor. Von Braun also has something to say on the subject. We find ourselves faced by powers which are far stronger than we had assumed and whose base of operations is at a present unknown to us. More I cannot say at present. We are now engaged in entering into a closer contact with these powers. In six or nine months' time, it may be possible to speak with more precision on the matter. Furthermore, to the Bell and the Nazi connections, there is also some famous abduction cases that may have Nazi tie-ins. Not only have we heard about them in the 20 and back programs, but there was a case in Nebraska in 1959. Reinhold Schmidt was abducted and encountered a crew that was speaking high German. Also in 1961, Betty and Barney Hill. During regressive hypnosis, Barney apparently freaks out as he sees one of his alien abductor abductors take on the appearance of a Nazi in full uniform. Then in 1952, there was a George Damsky. He met with a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aryan space brother calling himself Orthon. Well, Adamsky's associate, George Williamson, supposedly set up the meeting by using a Ouija board to communicate with the space brothers. Williamson was actually buddies with a William Dudley Peely, who was an American Nazi sympathizer. Sounds a bit sketchy. 
Well, in the desert, where this all went down, there were some interesting things found. Apparently, there was a plaster of Paris cast made of boot prints of each man. Hey, Hollow Colt. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The boot print from Orthon had a pair of swastikas engraved on its sole. That's that's so weird. Dude, bizarre, you, right? You did a, an episode on a damn scheme. Yes, them. yeah. They're the ones who went out to meet the UFO guys and did... And disappeared. God, God disappeared. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's so... But like, believe me, I did not expect to stumble across that. This little tidbit of information. That is fucking weird. Right? So somewhere floating around, there are plaster casts of these boot prints. Supposedly, yes. Now, I was also... I did try to go down that rabbit hole a little bit. I did try finding old Nazi boots with swastikas on the soles. I wasn't able to find any. I found new boots, like some new company... Design boots with swastikas on the on the soles, but I was I was unable to find anything from the legitimate past. Not saying uh, that they weren't um, real. I just I could I wasn't able to yeah, find anything. And it, I mean it it makes sense if they were of that time period because anything yeah. Third Reich related had swastikas. Yeah, some swastika yeah. symbolism all the fuck right. Um. It's also speculated that the Nazis were actually the first ones to put a person on the moon. Werner von Braun was a former Nazi engineer who managed to get to the United States as part of Operation Paperclip. Once again, you know, you can reference the 20 and back. I believe, if I remember correctly, the base or the moon was like a, a, a type of a base where these people would meet up and link up, um, which ties into them putting someone on the moon. Um, then you can jump to Antarctica 
and I found something that more or less make me made me laugh because I took the website as as pretty serious until I got further into it. But I stumbled on this website about a Nazi base in Antarctica, which we've all you know we've all heard about. However, this person is kind of taking this this high horse here and claiming it all to be false, even more so claiming that you know this is what real real researchers do. This is our his findings. In January to February of 1939, a secret German expedition visited Antarctica. Then we apparently fast forward because obviously there's nothing to see here. In 1943 to 45, when the SAS launched a secret wartime operation codename Tabarian. In 1945, after the German surrendered, two U-boats arrived in Argentina. The summer of 1946 to 47, the U.S. Navy invaded Antarctica using a large force codenamed High Jump, which was all cl- classified. Then we go to 1958, where three nuclear weapons were detonated in the region under classified Argus. So, explanation to it all, the U-boats couldn't even have made it to Antarctica. The SAS were there on civilian jobs. Uh, High Jump was actually a training exercise to train U.S. troops to fight Russia in Arctic conditions. And the I guess the we just turn our heads to the fact that three nuclear warheads were detonated in the area. Solid. Yeah, it, it, none of it adds up for me uh, whatsoever at all. Um, we also go into talks with... I kind of in the last episode I, I mentioned the watch, and there there are some pretty interesting shit connected to the watch. It's supposedly like some crazy shit happened during the forty seven Roswell crash. I know this is a little bit away from the the Nazi side of things, but it's it's indirectly tied in because the watch went toe to toe with. Uh, the occult side of the Third Reich. But apparently, March 17th in the Cascade Mountain Range, the Watch's parapsychology team gets a group of psychics together. And they were trying to test how far their psychic abilities could reach. Uh, and they would, they would do this by trying to contact another research team in New England. Well, they ended up making contact, but it wasn't with the team. It was a 13-second contact with what they would describe as unearthly minds. So you have, then, July 1st, White Sands Proving Grounds. During the flight monitoring of a V-2 rocket, they catch a UFO moving over the missile range. July 2nd, still in White Sands. Under orders, they are to try to set up a 24-hour radar observation to try and track said object through a contact the watch then learns about the object. July 3rd, White Sands. From here, the watch gets together to try and figure out what to do next. They propose that the watch open a line of communication with the aliens in an attempt of a peaceful exchange. But at this point, some of the members are actually concerned with the presence of extraterrestrials, and they start to suggests that this could actually be a very dangerous endeavor, and they they more or less say, we need to shoot it down out of the sky. We need to get rid of it. Of but in this meeting, cooler minds prevail, and they decide to make contact. 
So they give the operation name Operation Dove. But the naysayers are like, yeah, fuck this. We're going to go behind their back and we're going to do what we want to do. So they give theirself an operation name of Pigeon. Pigeon Shoot. Then you go July 4th, White Sands. The Dove team <laughs> waits on top of a Mesa for the UFO to reappear while Pigeon Shoot readies itself on the far side of the missile range with a V-2 rocket. And apparently at 2118, radar contact was able to reestablish with said UFO. So the, the psychics start to re-engage the beings. They want to make contact. And all while this is going on, Pigeon Shoot realizes their preparations or finalizes their preparations and kind of waits for the launch command. A few moments later, the craft seems to acknowledge the Dove psychics, which makes them more or less ecstatic, like, holy shit, we're actually doing this. So the craft stops and starts to hover in place, which if you're going to shoot anything out of the fucking sky, now's the time to do it. Pigeon Shoot seizes the moment, and they fire a missile at the UFO. Now, the psychics who had made contact with the beings on the craft, they're kind of like interlocked with these beings while the missile slams into the side of the UFO. And when the missile slams into the UFO, the beings realize that they're being attacked, so they send out more or less a psychic barrage to, the, to everybody on the ground making psychic connections. And it ends up devastating the the Dove members. Then you go to July 5th. You have, at this point, Pigeon Shoot springs into action and begins the recover, or be, begins the recovery process of the downed craft. Most of the wreckage is packed away on cargo planes and is sent off to be transported to a Fort Worth Army airfield. The watch's influence allows the teams to operate without question from any of the guards on site. So Pigeon Shoot is playing with the the UFO and Dove is, is also now in or Dove is trying to salvage what's left of its team. So get this. Of the nine psychics, two died instantly from cardiac arrest and brain hemorrhaging. Another legitimately bursts into flames. And a fourth slips into a permanent catatonic state. Three more soon developed debilitating psychosis. And only two were able to survive with their entire minds intact. <laughs> what the fuck? So, yes. Psychic, I mean, psychic energy weapons are even more bonkers to me. It's insane. To me. Like how how do you put out a psychic wave so strong that it catches a motherfucker on fire? Dude, how are you gonna be a psychic and not know there's another fucking team gonna shoot a missile at you? That's a valid point. <laughs> That's a valid point. Like I, I I can get behind that. I can get behind that. They're like we're gonna <laughs> these we've made a we've made a mental connection where they can read our thoughts. So pigeon shoot team don't you think about shooting this missile until it's time to shoot it? Yeah, maybe, maybe it was like a call waiting thing. They didn't have they didn't have call waiting yet. No, once maybe they were they once only, they were they can only focus on one. Yeah, once time. they were locked in, they were locked in. How how crazy is it that there are 
so many different accounts to Roswell. I know. I know. Dozens upon dozens. I like where this goes, though. Like, I, I legitimately like... I'm not saying that it's it's the facts, but I, I like the storyline of this because it actually ends up evol- involving in evolving into other groups, yeah, let's go. other situations. And so, like I said, they get they get fucking destroyed. Now, at this point, Dove realizes they have new enemies within the group. So they try to outstep Pigeon Shoot and they're able to turn on or they were able, they were basically able to get so like I said they they packed up three planes and they they were trying to send them to this airfield. Well, packed them up with uh, UFO yeah, parts, stuff. bodies, okay. all of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Dove is actually able to use what little influence they have left and their psychic abilities to basically commandeer one of these planes, then get it to go to right. Patterson Air Force Base. So Dove gets there sent here. Now that you know that leave that's okay, one for Dove, two for Pigeon Shoot. Well, while this is going on, another group forms within the watch. And it's the OG members of the watch, the high ranking officials and shit. So they use their their powers and ability to sway things to also commandeer one of the planes, but they make sure the plane they commandeer has the most parts on it and the bodies. And they get there sent to Washington, D.C. And once the the plane touched down in D.C., the contents of the plane and the members were never heard from again. They, all dis- they disappeared. Of course they did. Gone. Off the map, right? Of course they did. Um... From here, the story unfolds as far as Roswell goes as what the rest of us know. But you move past that, Dove and Pigeon form their own groups. So Dove transforms into Aegeus, which is named after Zeus's magic shield. They want to more or less try to protect humanity. They're putting humanity first. Pigeon team forms or transforms into what they call the Black Book. And kind of fucked up, the Black Book built a secret underground base in the New Mexico desert. Uh, they ba- And then at, at some point, they give up on the whole, like, we're saving humanity, and they just want to start acquiring uh, alien technology and building cool shit. And if I remember correctly, isn't the Dul- the Dulce base is in New Mexico, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Right. So they they basically create the Dulce base and all the fuckery that's around that. Let's look. And they're able to because of this, because of their desire for the the technology technology side of things obviously they get into the military industrial complex so they're going to get uh government black budget spending all types of shit um definitely in new mexico that's what i thought that's what i thought how weird is it that in serpo which is also dealing with uh roswell and the crash 
they refer to the yellow book and the red book. Oh, yeah. And now, in this Interesting. interpretation of the Roswell, you have the black book. Right. Hmm. Lots of damn books. Hmm. Which, by the way, by the way, that is a shitty group name. The black book. The black book. I feel yeah. like that sucks. Yeah, it's you're just kind of putting it out there. Like I feel like they they lack originality. Yeah, they're fucking their name to shoot a UFO out of the sky was Operation Pigeon Shoot. That's true. That sucks too. Just a bunch I would, of like if you put it down in front of me and just by operation names, Dove or Pigeon Shoot. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to go Dove. Just Pigeon do, Shoot sucks. Do better, you fucking losers. Do better. Um, nerds. Now that being said, it sounds like Pigeon Shoot has got the upper hand, but you don't count out Aegis yet. Aegis, Aegis, however you want to say it. Now, apparently, they were able to take some of their members and start positioning them in within the newly formed CIA, and they start using the CIA as their front. So basically, they have a, a now a a shield in front of them where they're. They're using the CIA to take all their hits. The shield has a shield. Exactly. Um, I like it. So, and it's interesting because they start running programs through the CIA, investigating things through the CIA. And what is interesting about all this is that apparently, so say they say they were looking into mind control. And they have an agent properly placed within this mind control experiment. If it started showing results, that head agent that was working for Aegis would actually declare otherwise and get the program shit canned. And then they would take that program, Aegis would take it, rename it, and reopen it. But we've also heard that, that that's what the military yeah. does. Oh, they, yeah. they they will shuffle things around again. so it's harder it's to like keep track safe. of. Exactly. Um, another interesting thing is that this, apparently, if I read correctly and wrote correctly, the, the OG members of the watch are basically the ones semi-responsible for Aegis. And they have, they have a mother cell that they call Aegis Prime. And they set it up like a secret society where n- nobody really knows or has contact with Aegis Prime. They create like child cells. They call them children or whatever. And say you ran one of these cells. You and you alone would have a one form of contact with Prime. Nobody else within your cell is allowed to make communication with Prime. That way... If one cell was infiltrated by, say, the Black Book and compromised, they would be able to cut this cell out and still have all these others because they wouldn't let the other cells communicate with each other. So every, everything was so compartmentalized. You know what I'm saying? Like it, It's a pretty it. brilliant way I of structuring it. it. God, I hope all this is real. I mean, they they why not? I mean, it, apparently saying. this Aegis Prime... They were mostly responsible for like the MK Ultra experiments and shit. They were behind all of it. 
So they're they're they dabbled. They're pretty nefarious too. They, they're yeah. not much better than the black book. Over time, they absolutely veered. They made a hard left somewhere. <laughs> but how many how many times we've heard that too? That there is this opposing uh factions within oh, yeah. these organizations. Oh, yeah. There's always this always seems to be a good and a bad one. Oh yeah. Not that Aegis ended up and turning out being great, bad. but because they all play for the same team. Yeah, exactly. Fucking facts. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't stress that one enough. <laughs> but yeah, from here, I was going to go into the real society, but I was already so deep in all this stuff. And it, like I said, that it's could be so its own much. Episode. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. That's what I'm thinking about with the chrono visor. Because I was looking at yeah, that. And I'm yeah. Like, apparently they took pictures of Jesus and all kinds of shit with this thing. That's fucking cool. So... Well, I mean, and then like you were getting off in the last episode about like all the tech that these guys were able to accomplish so fast, and you, and you you called it the the paperclip happened, and everybody was scrambling to get these Nazi scientists. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And like you said, what are the what are the fucking odds that at that that moment in time, legitimately, what you would consider some of the brightest minds. Of not only the time, but of the planet, happened to be in this one little area, yep. and and the Germans were able to suck all of them up. And and my thing is, if they weren't into some next level fucking bullshit, none of the other countries would have gave a shit. Right. Nobody's trying to get scientists that are that are ten years behind everybody else's. Yeah. People are trying to pick up scientists that are fifty years ahead. Yeah. Of what we're putting together. Now. And then on top of that, with that statement, uh, clearly overlooking all of the heinous cr- like war crimes they committed. They're just like, yeah, we'll forget about all these yeah. as long as you just come work for Teach us. Teach us your genocidal ways. Right. Like, it's kind of so fucked. So we can use them. It's pretty fucked. For our benefit. It is fucked. It's fucked, but that is legit. Like, that's humanity. Like yeah. when you when you word it like oh, yeah. so we can use it for our benefit. I mean, it's dead on. Yeah, it's fucking dead on. Welcome, yeah, welcome to humans. I don't give a shit how smart you are. If you do that stuff, you need to be put down. I'm sorry, you're obviously not that smart. My like, I keep referring back to to Roswell and how there are so many different accounts. It makes me wonder how many of those. Are seated, yeah. Government misinformation. I, I knew, I knew where you were going with that because a, a, a block that I left out was that it it did seem like this Aegis group. They also took part in because it to keep us safe. They took part in a lot of public disinformation. Oh yeah, that's because what I mean, Roswell. Especially the public aspect was such a clown show. Yeah, it was, a sh- it was right a off shitter. the rip. Yeah, that once once they couldn't get the cat back into the bag that a fucking UFO hit the Earth. However, it, it hit. Yeah, they started like scrambling. Right, and then once the weather balloon story didn't stick, they started scrambling. So worst case scenario here to make us look like the bad guys would be this case scenario. Or we shot that some bitch out of the sky. Yeah. So I feel like they probably came up with like 
maybe maybe they came up with Serpo where they're like, oh, it was bad weather and these two UFOs crashed and here we are trying to learn and help them and all right. this shit. Where in right. reality, it could be like, no, we were launching rockets at these motherfuckers as soon as they got in here. And I mean, A, they did, it, they did the same thing in Battle Los Angeles. But B, like we've talked about before, why would we not do that? Oh, yeah. He, like we just said, people are trash. Yeah, and, and on top of that, like... Humans are trash. Like the the overall story of of dove and pigeon shoot that that's humanity, right? You have you would have one class that like in Independence Day, you'd have all them idiots on the top of the tower going, "Hey, welcome here!" You know, we're stoked for you to be here. Yes. And then you're gonna have the other people that are like, "Oh shit, this is bad news!" And then the alien nukes you. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's that's humanity. That's that's exactly how humanity. You'd have the one good side who's like, no, we need to put faith in them, and you have the other side. It's like, no, we need to destroy them and then cut them into pieces. And then they just blow up the White House. And then they blow up the White House. It's it is it's crazy, man. I like I wonder I wonder about it so much, and I like even in today's in today's world i know we're getting off topic from the third right here that's okay we're just rolling with our it. town already took it that way so like the the disclosure and all this shit coming out like how much of that is just horse shit oh yeah all these people coming to the forefront all these ufologists and like twitter is just a battlefield for ufo people right now how many of these are just implanted disinformation agents trying to keep Guaranteed. the waters as muddy as possible? So anybody trying to find real answers can't separate the the frick from the frack. Oh yeah, guaranteed, dude. It's just such a shit show. Yeah, and then you know the way the government's been working in the past couple of years is more or less brilliant. They've been. They they've almost kind of like, or how do they how to explain this? It's almost like they put the gasoline out there, and then we catch it on fire. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like oh yeah, we we silence <laughs> each other, we we push each other to the side, you know, because now, just with anything, uh, like we've talked about before, if you and me had video, real video, hundred percent legit. A Bigfoot walking around. How many motherfuckers on the internet would go, that's fake? That's CGI. All of them. That's what I'm saying. We do it to ourselves. Yeah. And then on in the other side of that coin, you also have assholes and idiots who get out there and wear suits and, and make videos to, to help that's why. feed it. Yep. So it, it, it's a duck. Like, we, we legitimately do it to ourselves 90% of the time. They just... They just throw that one breadcrumb out there, and then people run with it, and then we we just destroy ourselves. Yep, absolutely. I don't know. Interesting absolutely. shit. I know the second episode kind of gets a little weird, uh, in a little ways from Nazi stuff, but there are some really but interesting I mean, fucking tie-ins, like the fact that there were Nazi footprints in the desert. That is weird. And somebody the, find us those uh, boot. Casting. Oh, dude, that would be so cool. That would be fucking sick. Yeah, I don't know. Like, really crazy, interesting Hitler shit, was man. into all that weird shit. Dude, straight Hitler, up. He firmly believed that the answers to his world domination was found yep. founded in some, some aspect of the occult or the supernatural, whether it be uh, 
witch witchery and demons or technology from another planet. Yep. And that's what's crazy is that uh, the other thing that I find crazy about this is that these belief systems and these happenings and these uh, encounters, they are documented through almost all time. Like, when did people not, you know, believe in what we consider the occult, quote unquote, you know? You know what I mean? Like, there's always been that side to humanity throughout time. There's always been, there's forever been reports of alien encounters and, and dogman encounters and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, yeah. it, it has to hold weight for a reason. Because if not, it would just be considered Greek mythology. You know, at some point, you would think civilization would grow so much, whether it be intelligence or just lack of care, that these stories would start to fade and die. Because then there would be no more of these experiences of, of dogman encounters, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, it for me, like, like you always say, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. Somebody's seeing something. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. It has to be. It has to be. Like like I said, if ninety nine percent of it's all flack and bullshit, it only takes one percent. It only it. takes one case, one sighting of a UFO, yeah. one sighting of a cryptid, one one sighting of a of a ghost, one alternate dimension slip to be real, for it to be real. Yep. And I, I that first time I heard you say that, I'm like, fuck yes, because yes. you're right. You're right. All it takes is legitimately one case. You could have a hundred thousand dudes in a suit get caught on camera, and all you need is one Bigfoot one. to get caught on camera. One, and it's real. It's a hundred percent real. Hundred percent real. Yeah, and and just the way you, like I said, when you first said that to me, it just hit so different. Where I was just like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Like that's that's true. It's a hundred percent true. We're here for it. We want all the smoke. Yeah, and like I was telling Steve, I he got me this Skinwalker book a while back, and I, I I've been taking books to work to read on like my lunch break and stuff. And I think low key, I'm I'm gonna do other episodes along the way here, but I think low key, I'm gonna try to build a really big Skinwalker episode in the back channel. Kyle's been in it. He's been sending me text Fuck. messages, and he's like. Dog. Some of these stories are Dude. fucking crazy. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because like I'm obsessed with the Skinwalker now. Like I want to go out west and, and find one. Game. Like it is fucking crazy. Let's go. I'm all like, like I was telling Kyle, I've been just absolutely absorbed in all these weird alien abduction cases. So I'm like, man, people are gonna get so sick and tired of me talking about this alien abduction, that alien abduction, this alien abduction. But when you're like. I'm digging skinwalkers. I'm like, all right. It's kind of you fucking can, weird now that I think about it. It's like, exactly the opposite of yeah. how it was when we started. Yeah. But like Kyle was an alien guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was a cryptid guy. Now yeah. we flip. Now we're flopping. And I'm like, okay, for every alien abduction story I put out, Kyle can throw out a yeah. skinwalker episode right. to keep everything and balanced. I, I think, yeah, I think I think we naturally balance ourselves like that. And and like I'm telling you, man, go with what you caption your mind right now because it, it it just makes for better content, knowing that we're we're in it to win it, so to speak. Dude, I bought this. Uh, I posted it on the socials, but this the complete works of Charles Fort, which of course he's he's the guy that uh, studied and collected all of this weird shit in the early 1900s, and 
he's the reason the term Fortean was was coined. And I started skimming through this book, and some of the shit this dude recorded down is so weird. Like the weird, like falls, rainfalls of animals and shit is so fucking weird. I'm in, man. Like I'm, I'm so like like we've we've been talking about off air, and we even talked about it with Tony. But like just how how much we like the weird the the, the world is so so <laughs> fucked up it is man like just one this one little snippet because they don't go into very many detail very much detail they just talk about what he recorded and there were thousands there was one rainfall where thousands of ground snails was dropped on this town in a 60 by 90 yard section just in the middle of this rainstorm and this in this place like the size of a football field I was saying it's not very big thousands of snails fell from the sky to this one spot and like people try to write it off as like oh it was a water spout to pick these up like cuz you hear fish a lot and frogs a lot in these yeah, falls yeah a, a, a water spout picked them up and just dropped them in the in the earth well a this is snails ground snails so there's no water spouts and B, the only thing that fell were the same fucking species of snails. Yeah, that's you can, weird. You can have a tornado just just pick up snails, and just I've never really thought it. about that. Like I've never really thought about there being because like you said you hear about the fish and and every once in a while you hear birds too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Birds, frogs, fish, whatever. The more I look into these cases as I'm flipping through that book. The more it's, they're all the same species. That's weird. That's fucking weird. And like I, like legitimately, just sitting here I listening should probably to that, do an episode. On yeah, that. but I, I, I legitimately could not come up with a reason as to why that would happen. Fuck no. Like as as wild as our brains can get imaginative, I, I just I, picture, I can't. I just picture a I giant nothing. ass UFO picking these snails <laughs> up. Doing their doing their research and then being like, I can fuck with that. I don't need my UFO all slimy, so we're just gonna dump these motherfuckers right here. (laughs) Open the hatch, out you go. Oh man! But that's a story for another time. Yep, yep, I agree. So, um, check us out at all our socials: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit. Come and hang out. Discord. You know the deal. Uh, Until next time, stay safe. Stay weird and do not launch surface to air missiles at passing UFOs. For fuck's sake.